Sounds Logical, the UAE's first and still the only regular legal podcast in the Emirates. My name's Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm HPL, Yamalava and Plethka. And as is always the case, here's Ludmilla Yamalava, the manager partner. Nice to see you. Great to see you too, Tim. Now, you don't have to be an expert in international real estate to know that in the UAE, the real estate market is characterized by many, Ludmilla, as hot. That's kind of the word that you hear. Buoyant economy, great place to live, plenty of sunshine. That means lots of people locating themselves or maybe even relocating themselves here. So what that subsequently means is lots of demand for places to live. It means very often high rents. That's a familiar story. Uh, And developers keeping themselves busy on real estate projects. Now, not all projects come to fruition. And so in this episode of Logical, we're looking at cancelled projects and what the law has to say about projects that don't go ahead. Real estate market in Dubai, Ludmilla, booming here. Uh, Anecdotally, we know that. You see that all the time. Number of real estate clients, I'm sure. And as you'd expect, uh, doing the rounds, the usual stories of cancelled projects, I'd say. Yes, I mean, you say on the one hand, as you expect. On the other hand, uh, you there's a lot less of that expectation now uh, compared to how it used to be. Uh, so uh, you and I go way back uh, as far as the UE is concerned in our time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came here in, in 2008, uh, shortly after, I guess, on the cusp of the financial, the world, uh, the global financial crisis, uh, and uh, ultimately, which led to kind of a burst in the real estate bubble here in the UAE. Yeah. Uh, previously to, to 2009 or kind of end of 2008, the UAE real estate market was really hot, uh, and it was uh, hot within. Became very hot. Became very. Um, uh, very popular and uh, very fast moving within a very short period of time with ultimately very little inventory of actual ready properties mm-hmm. uh, and yet a lot of um, wannabe developers, developers and wannabe developers uh, sort of launching projects and selling off uh, mainly majority of it was all off plan. Now, what is off plan? Off plan means it's a project that is being sold. Basically, it's a sketch of a project, the project that has not been built or, but it's just been kind of sketched on a piece of paper and, um, at, at some point in time, you'd hope they'd be re- registered with the relevant authorities, but back then they were not even registered. And so it's just like, I, yeah, that's how it used to be. I conceptualize a, a project here and say, this is going to be a great 15-story tower. And I go around on the basis of what I've got here on my paper, go and sell it off to different people. Yeah. Before I even had uh, I mean, broken ground or even had money to, to break ground, for example. And then I start collecting money. And then as I collect money, I start investing that money into actually building the this 15-story uh, tower. That's basically how um, off-plan projects um, in the UAE used to work. And because of it, at the time, there were so many, the market was still not very um, uh, very tightly regulated, not very tightly uh, sort of monitored and supervised, again, because things happened so quickly. There was a kind of a, an influx of a lot of money worldwide, and the UAE just became kind of the the, the new frontier at the time. Uh, so there's a lot of money that poured in here, and it took uh, the authorities a few years to kind of regulate the market. But in the meantime, a lot of these want to be Developers kind of launched these projects, sold off so-called projects, and then and then basically the the financial 
crisis happened and the real estate uh, bubble in the UAE had sort of, or in Dubai in particular, had deflated. Mm. Uh, so as a result, there was a lot of these investors that had invested in these projects and a lot of, a lot of the projects had not even broken ground. Uh, some might have broken ground a, a little bit, um, but in many cases, because a lot, most of the developers at the time and I use developers very loosely, uh, but um, they didn't really have money of their own and they did, were not using lines of credit, for example. What they were doing is they were collecting money from investors and building the project with the money collected. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the, so the overall project was based on their expectation of receiving full payment from the investors or more or less, you know, 80, 70% of the payment from the investors. But as investors who were being affected by the financial crisis... Uh, and then just kind of fear of the real estate market um, uh, subsiding and just just overall panic in that was happening in the world. People were reluctant to start continue to invest. And so therefore the developers were, had no more money to continue building the projects. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of projects that kind of were caught in that um, uh, in that uh, state, uh, if you will, on the onset of 2009. Uh, and many of them were very different uh, different stages. Some had broken ground, some had even built the halfway, some even built the structure more, more or less the structure, but uh, ran out of money because investors stopped paying, for example, or and in many cases, the developers just ran away. Uh, so um, over the last, um, I guess, since 2009, uh, many of these, these projects have kind of been stalled. And also the legislators since that time have been uh, uh, implementing different regulations and authorities to kind of oversee and, and figure out what to do with some of these projects in many cases, which were abandoned, for example. Some were just abandoned altogether because the developers uh, ran out of money and ran away. Uh, some were just developers just didn't have, I mean, a lot of the structure was already built there, but there's a lot of liabilities that did not know what to do and how to complete. Some that were no longer viable altogether, uh, and others that basically uh, should have been redesigned and uh, or made no more sense, for example, to proceed, and so on and so forth. Mm. Uh, so then in 2000, so and before I, I perhaps talk about the cancel projects uh, committee or cancel projects in general, it's important to highlight and kind of remind that in the UAE, as far as real estate is concerned, it's very much Emirate-based. So we don't have the UAE, again, is, is a country of uh, seven emirates. And so uh, there is um, uh, there is not uh, uh, there isn't one federal law, a real estate law that applies to all emirates equally. So every emirate basically regulates its yeah. own real estate market. So when we're talking what I just described in terms of the real estate market, uh, it was more Dubai because Dubai in particular was kind of leading the way with regards to the real estate development. Uh, Dubai being the, the, you know, one of the emirates, Abu Dhabi had its own, uh, but it wasn't, they didn't have the same kind of amount or number of projects on, uh, going on at the same time as Dubai did. So Dubai perhaps was most effective because it had most expats, most investors and sort of most projects going on at the same time. So yeah. so when we're talking about sort of cancel projects, we're talking about Dubai in particular. So Dubai has its own authority, le uh, governing authority and um, regulatory authority that oversees the real estate market. And it's called the Dubai Land Department. It's kind of the main name. And under the Dubai Land Department, that's where you register all the, uh, all the different uh, sort of real estates uh, and, and projects in the UAE. And then under it sits RERA, which, uh, which is Real Estate Regulatory agency then also there is um, 
under it is the, what's called the RDC, the Rental Dispute Center, and so on and so forth. And then the Dubai level, the legislators had issued a specific law in 2013 that basically set out a special committee uh, that was going to oversee all these real estate projects in Dubai that had uh, been stalled for one reason or another. That was decree number 21 of 2013, forming what was called a special judicial committee to liquidate the real estate projects, uh, cancel them out of Dubai, and settle their related rights. So it was, um, in a way, not just a committee to kind of help restructure, but like liquidate. So this is, there was a committee that was, there was a law, a legal framework that was put in place now to, that would set out a specific authority, the designated authority that would look at all the real estate market holistically uh, and then uh, and then identify which projects basically had a chance to continue on uh, and then which pro- of these projects would not. Mm. So uh, so what we're talking about here today is the cancel projects. It's, it's the projects that ultimately the, the authorities decide or are not worth continuing on, not worth uh, restructuring. And because there's also a committee that uh, was set out separately uh, that reviewed the projects that needed some help, some push. And that's a different committee. But what we're talking about here today is the basically a, co- a committee for cancel projects where the authorities, for a number of reasons, decided, listen, out of these, uh, let's say, 100 projects, these 30, uh, we need to be canceled. Okay, well, how do you find out if... I don't know, say you've invested in a project, how would you find out if you've heard nothing for a while, whether it's cancelled or not? Uh, right. And this is basically, remember, what we talked about, uh, kind of the, the, the history of it is it started 2009-ish. Uh, right. So the issue of sort of council projects. Until then, there were no sort of council projects. And today, uh, and um, it's it's very different because the market is, is much more regulated now. So you don't have yeah. these kinds of wannabe developers as there were, there were so many of back then. And so most of the those who are now launching projects, they are regulated and established developers with funding. Uh, there's a very robust legal system and structure in place for uh, for anybody who wants to go into the development business. So therefore, the question of canceled projects uh, is less relevant for current uh, real estate developments. Right. Is the point. So when we talk about canceled projects, we're really talking about the sort of the legacy projects from the 2008 era, yeah. and perhaps you know a few after 2014. There was another spike in the real estate market, and there's a little more exciting exuberance. Some more developers kind of came up to the market and uh, maybe promised a little too much. Uh, but ultimately, when we talk about canceled projects, it's not about anything that's happening today so much. So and that's and that's also an important point for all those investors who are looking. It's not because you are coming into you know because we're talking about this. To- uh, topic right now it's not does not mean that now if you're investing with somebody now you should be worried about your project being canceled i think possibilities or chances of projects being canceled uh, that are currently being launched over the last two or three years is minimal uh, truly because the bar for becoming a developer for launching a project for uh, designing and for investing and funding the project and building it it's just it's the bars are so much higher and it's so much more difficult to actually uh, be a developer now and do it within the proper legal system so there's I, I'm not so concerned about <laughs> current or new projects uh, being canceled in the future but there's certainly a lot of projects that have uh, been kind of um, 
um, perhaps not even talked about in a way since that 2009 era or 2008 era. So, uh, and we have, we've had over the years, we've had a lot of investors that asked that very question like that you just asked, which is, well, we invested in 2007, six or eight, mm. and our project basically kind of been stalled and we, every so often over every so a few years, we'll write to the developers or whoever it is that we still have contacts and every so often we'll go to like, let's say RIRA or the land department and ask them what's going on uh, and then we don't hear anything. So, you know, what, what's going on? So to your point, uh, so as per this this law, by the way, in 2013, law was amended in 2020, and that became law number 33 of 2020 regarding so the Judicial Committee for Cancelled and Incomplete Real Estate Projects um, in the Emirate of Dubai. So uh, at a high level, so that's uh, in terms of the legal framework. So now there is this law from 2020 that sets out special judicial committee that deals with anything related to what the authority ultimately decide is a canceled project. Uh, now, until this this law came into effect, under the previous law, uh, most of these canceled projects were actually handled by the courts. So let's say the land department, the rear, or sort of the, the, the kind of relevant authorities there would uh, review the market and decide, let's say, these five projects should be canceled. And then they would, the, the, the process of cancellation and how to basically register your interest if you're an investor would ultimately be dealt with at the court. So right. it will be the court, will there be, it'll be a more formal process and therefore you'd have to kind of deal with the court and follow the, the court's uh, announcements to see uh, what is happening with that particular project. As for the 2020 law, and now that that jurisdiction moved, uh, the, sort of the reviewing moved under the umbrella of DLD, uh, so Dubai Land Department. So now all the this this uh, judicial committee for uh, uncompleted project it now sits under the umbrella of basically the the Land Department, and therefore it's also the more consolidated. These are the same. Uh, I guess, authorities, related authorities who decide ultimately, okay, these projects should be canceled. Now, how you find out about it, uh, so this, the land department has actually uh, a site based for it's a special tab, <laughs> if you will, uh, that uh, that shows okay if you have a canceled project, and so you can see from your list if there is a, a canceled uh, if your if that particular project that you invested is, is on the canceled project. Okay, but uh, there's a lot of projects still today where um, uh, where people believe that the project has been canceled and they know it's sort of kind of been talked about as being canceled but it doesn't appear in that drop down uh, list mm. and it's because there's some st there's some time that still passes when the authorities decide okay well this project should be canceled uh, uh, from that stage to, okay, this project has been canceled and we have now formed a special committee to deal with the liquidation and management of this canceled project. So it's it's once you have that kind of committee in place, well, that's when it appears on this sort of drop-down menu. Uh, so um, in, in, in kind of the, be more specific, for example, in Dubai, for those who invested in Dubai and are interested, uh, there's what's called the Dubai, and again, it's managed by the Dubai Land Department, but it's an app that's called the Dubai Rest. It's mobile app and yeah. under it is there's a special services tab and under that services tab there's a special incomplete and canceled project committee sort of service there's it's it comes up there and then and then as you uh, go into that service tab then it will uh, pull out the the search bar and you can write type out your number uh, your uh, name of the project and if it's on there if that particular project appears on the list then you kind of go through the motions then you have to register your interest or your claim 
Uh, and so, and, and as an investor, so you type out your name as the buyer, so the investor's information, and you provide or you upload through the system uh, the various documents related to your investment, um, such as your know, MRSID, passport, you know, all the sort of contact details, your identification documents, and, and also how much you invested and um, your proof of payments and do the, the sort of the contracts or the SBA, so the reservation agreements, whatever documents existed on the basis of which you were uh, you were investing. Uh, so you sort of upload all that information and um, uh, and then um, you know there's sometimes issues with the volume of documents, so don't go too crazy. Uh, don't don't populate too many documents. And then you kind of submit. And then you wait for the, the DLD will send you a, a confirmation that we've received your documents, basically you're reviewing. So that's in practical terms how the process works. Okay. Do you need to file a court case as well? Uh, great question. So now, since since the jurisdiction or, or of for I guess the judicial committee moved from the courts back to the land department, no, you do not need to file a court case. Okay. In the past, there was actual kind of a court case. Now, uh -huh. the, these days, so what you get, the decision you get, actually looks like it's maybe sort of a, a court uh, decision, but it's basically the specialized committee, judicial committee that sits on the land department. But you don't need to file. Uh, a court case and you don't even need to and by the way there is no fee to file right so it's not like right. you are filing here this i want my uh, i a breach of contract and this is you have to pay the court fees and you have to present arguments all you need to do is to just register yourself as an interested party i investor uh, and submit documents establishing how much you paid uh, and uh, then so let the the, uh, the committee itself then will uh, will investigate less so you know, in terms of your claim but all other liabilities there, because the idea of this canceled project committee is that it reviews all the liabilities that um, that, that particular project is encumbered by, uh, which means what? So let's say if you um, if you have a fifteen story tower, so you had the investors who would have invested whatever percentage they would have invested, uh, but you may also have, for example, um, a contractors uh, that uh, were not paid. Uh, also, even the owner of the land where the project was being built, maybe not all of the money was paid towards uh, the land. So there could be a, a number of other liabilities. But at the same time, the project might be worth something. So, for example, the project is worth, uh, because there's structure that's at least to an extent is already standing. So you could kind of assign the value to that project. And so you sort of uh, and then review what banks, bank accounts exist, how much money is in the bank accounts, what sort of other assets or valuables uh, that that particular project might have had such as equipment um, uh, or any other any other kind of valuable because construction related materials uh, that um, belong to that project so and that's as you can imagine that's not an easy task it truly is sort of mm -hmm. like a liquidation process which is where you're tra trying to realize okay so what what is my asset what's the value of this asset and what are, what are the different parts of the asset let's say the structure the land uh, the material the construction materials the appliances or the equipment okay and then the bank accounts whatever's in the bank account okay now let's look at the liabilities what are the different liabilities and how you structure this liability so it's, it's you can imagine it's a fairly lengthy and complex process so I know a lot of investors uh, feel upset oh it's been x number of years and we still don't know we know that the project has already been deemed as canceled but we don't we cannot do anything yet 
Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's you know why why is there not a committee formed yet, or why why the committee has been formed? Why is it not making decisions yet? So these these are very natural questions, and they are they are understandable. But the point of this is it's a fairly complex exercise where you need to look at all the stakeholders, all the parties involved, and then based on that, you need to decide okay, how much money is you know how much money can we basically uh, materialize from this investment and 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 see how many investors you have, and then figure out how to uh, you know what amount is there to be refunded. And let's say let's say if we're talking about a project or a structure that there's a structure but it's partially built so i mean there's value in it but how do you materialize this value how do you capitalize on the value so you mm. basically have to either auction it off or find another investor right. uh, so before you can quantify the value of the structure so you can that's just an example of it's not an easy exercise so it's going to take some time the point i'm trying to make is that it's i, I know it's frustrating but but uh, patience is is important here and that's because of this the kind of the complex dynamics of of um, you know, once you've identified this particular project, cannot move on in this current state. Uh, so now, how do I collect all the data, all the documents related to the project, and um, how do I identify all the different interests that are still registered, and then how do I divvy up the proceeds of what I think this project is worth compared to as compared to the liabilities that are attached to it? I mean, the question that any investor is naturally thinking now I would say is so how much chance do I have of getting my money back or uh, you know, how much money do uh, could I get? What can I expect to get back? A great question. And so, in terms of the chances if, of getting something back, if once there is a project, and that's perhaps the good news. The good news is that once your project has been deemed as uh, uh, as cancelled, mm. and the cancelled uh, project committee is formed, uh, then you will get something because the idea here, the authorities have already uh, identified this particular project needs help, and so the authorities are involved in figuring out uh, of. of basically liquidating the project and and at least providing investors with with something now how much money uh, you can get really depends on uh, all these factors I just outlined in terms of how much money was actually in the bank account before the project got shelved uh, or um, how much you're able to um, to capitalize on in terms of the sale proceeds and by selling whatever that was left or attached to this project uh, and then also an important one is how many investors you have because not all investors come sell it forward because it's been a few years now mm, mm. Uh, so um, and it really depends on the state of a project so here's an interesting uh, example and so let's say there are there was recently a kind of very large project that was canceled public news and as part of the of the part of the committee because it was a fairly well-known developer uh, and it's a fairly prominent site uh, so and the developer that ultimately has money so what the committee, the cancel project committee, decided yes, this project will be canceled now, and the because uh, and the developer, and it's basically canceled because the developer is no longer able to proceed with completing this project as per the original uh, agreement and and expectations, okay. and plans. So therefore, we're going to cancel it. However, we order the developer to refund a full amount to the investors, full amounts. Okay. Okay. So that's that's basically so in that particular case is that the uh, again the committee has kind of looked at the project and how much it's sort of worth and how much money is in the bank account, but ultimately decided whatever we have X number of investors they invested uh, Y amount, so this Y amount has to be paid back to the investors. 
so that's one example. The other example where, for example, the developer doesn't have, uh, is perhaps is no more, <laughs> ran away, mm. so to speak. Uh, or the project is just not, because there's so many liabilities uh, and or money spent before anything really sort of came up. So there's only a percentage of every, like a, every dirham or every dollar spent. So in that case, the committee can say, well, yes, we're liquidating this project. Let's say the, after liquidating all the assets and all the, that are, uh, attached to the project we have let's say 100 million uh, dirhams so out of this 100 million dirhams we have let's say uh, uh, you know 100 investors we divvy it up proportionate to their res respective uh, percentage of, of payments so there they may only receive 10 cents on the dollar for example mm. uh, so really depends from project to project but um, so there will there will be something but you what amount you're going to be receiving really depends on most importantly sort of the value of that council project. So when the council project committee convenes, if you like, and decides on a course of action, decides on compensation, uh, that may not be, in some cases, what investors think they should receive. Are decisions of the committee final? Can you appeal if you feel you're not being treated uh, in the way in which you would like? Uh, very good question. So uh, the short answer is that this is, decisions are final and cannot right. be appealed. And this is by virtue of this specific law, as I mentioned earlier, uh, this law number, uh, decree number 33 of 2020, basically that sets out that the decision of this judicial committee, because it is a judicial committee, it right. sits under sort of the land department, but it's a judicial committee that has actually judges uh, on its um, on its board, uh, and but the decision of the judicial committee is final and cannot be subject to appeal. Mm. This is important because recently we've actually seen cases related to these some of these projects that have recently been cancelled, fairly prominent projects where investors uh, filed either in parallel or earlier court cases uh, ba for basically breach of contract, right? And say, so, okay, we want money, not only just money, all of the money back, but we want damages and interest and delay fees and so on and so forth. So there is could could be that. How you know how does that decision? How is that decision treated? So in that case, uh, basically this, the decision by the uh, Council Project Committee will trump uh, the court decision. Uh, and that's because the jurisdiction, again, this is the ultimate jurisdiction. That's one, one example. The other example is where, and we've seen cases like this too, the, uh, the Council Project Committee says, okay, fine, well, you receive, and this involves this one project that I mentioned earlier that's pretty prominent developer and prominent project, where the um, developer says, or the committee says, you receive 100% of what you gave to the developer. Mm. But people are thinking, hang on a second, that was in 2000, I, I invested my money in 2006, 2007. So I've lost out on the interest and yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys like this, the value of money, the time, and the valid incurred expenses, damage, and so on and so forth. So I don't agree with this. Mm. So for my, let's say, a million dirhams that I invested, I think I should, with if you add all my damages and all that, I should get two million dirhams. So then they file a case or to, to appeal the decision of um, this committee, and the courts have already established the principle fairly <laughs> fairly clearly uh, that sort of adjudicated this particular point, saying, no, this, the committee, judicial committee has... Uh, even though it doesn't physically sit under the court umbrella of the court, it sits uh, closer to 
as part of the land department, just because of it, that does not mean that somehow you can go and then appeal to the court and have your uh, and have that decision be challenged here because you know court being sort of the, the ultimate authority. Because in this particular case, as per this decree, the ultimate authority on the council project is uh, this council project committee that's uh, uh, and not the courts, not the courts, the traditional courts, if you will. Uh, so um, so that particular point is already settled. So for all of those uh, that that perhaps would be um, deciding or considering whether it's worth challenging uh, that's just we have seen court and these are decisions from the actual court that state no we are not the right jurisdiction we're not the right place for you you need to go back to the judicial committee because judicial committee has the final say in this and this is also why we wanted to talk about this topic now is because recently in the last six months or so or a year, there have been a few of these prominent projects uh, from back the old era, from 2006, um, that have been uh, now formally canceled. And so, and the committee has already issued a decision. And so now the developer is calling the investors that you come basically and claim your um, your refund. And now people are like, ah, oh, well, but it's not fair. So, and the kind of investors get together and start to, uh, figuring out perhaps, you know, can we challenge this or not? So that's the reason for this podcast is we wanted to um, share with investors to kind of what you can and, and should not expect from from the court if you decide to challenge it. I'll tell you there's another interesting um, and why why one of the reasons why so many investors want to challenge it because in many ways if you think about it others will say well listen you invested a million dirhams and now you're getting a million dirhams at least you're getting a million dir- dir- uh, dirhams you in mm-hmm. the last 15 years but nothing so uh, so now this is at least you've got a million dirhams you could have spent this a million dirhams uh, somewhere else where you would have lost it all altogether so there's also an argument for that yeah. but um, what was happening often and you would uh, you would perhaps remember this era back in that the that real estate era there was a lot of speculation a lot of people that were uh, reselling and flipping contracts yeah. and so as part of this flipping contracts there were premiums that were being paid mm-hmm. and the p- premiums are being paid they're not paid to the developer they're paying to the reseller yeah right and so therefore and we knew a lot of clients back then when um, that paid from, let's say, um, the million dirhams that they paid towards a particular unit or villa, only, let's say, 200,000 went to the developer. Yes. The remaining 800,000 went to the different resellers. So for these people, they feel this is very unfair, the project is being canceled, because all that they have expectation to receive is the 200,000. Because here, the cancel project deals with the developer, right? So what the developer receives. So you receive 200,000, give back 200,000 dirhams. But for a lot of those people from that era, this is, yeah. it, it's consi- it, they, they think it's gross unfair, not because of the decision of the committee, but rather... <laughs> because of um, all the sort of payments that they had to make along the way in order to secure that particular in- investment at that point in time, which resulted in majority of the payments going to third parties, not the developers. Um, so I understand the sentiment, uh, but in legal terms and in practical terms and logical terms, all you can expect uh, whenever it involves a developer and the decision against the developer is what the developer received from you and not all of, all these sort of third party uh, uh, <laughs> that that creamed off of it, that uh, that golden era. Well, I mean, there was such a difference at that time. Buying from a developer or from a flipper, there were huge margins. 
potentially be enormous, made. enormous, yeah, and and the, really just the num- numbers I use right now, that's the million versus two hundred thousand. This is basically it was that you know the proportions <laughs> were that <laughs> you know if not if not bigger yeah. at the margins. So therefore, I, I understand why people are upset, but this was sort of you know I guess that was a a, a different era, different market, and people had different decision making uh, factors. Uh, mm. So we use different factors in, in making decisions. So it's, I guess, it's it's unfortunate for them. Uh, but the good thing is, and this is the the point of this discussion, is that things are moving, and even the projects that had been kind of shelved for the last ten years and plus are now moving, and they're moving because, as you, as we started this discussion. The market is hot again. There's a lot of interest in investing uh, mm. in the UAE mar- in Dubai market in particular. Uh, a lot of new money coming in, and a lot of sort of developers that are now more established developers that know the market, know how to do it, know what the what the the market needs. You know, Dubai continues to uh, impress everybody and beat everybody's expectations in terms of always being able to come out of another slump. And then you look around, uh, even during the COVID era, you, know, you come out of COVID. You you look around, you're like, oh my gosh, when do they build all these beautiful projects? <laughs> you know, we were all locked up and and uh, life was going on. And, and so yeah. because of that, there's a lot more interest in yet another cool project. Some of these projects that were launched in 2006 are no longer cool. So now there's newer ideas and more investors and more institutional investors. So this is why now we're seeing an increase in the authorities actually moving through the process and canceling more projects and and kind of uh, moving the process along in terms of developers closing their books, restructuring uh, these investments and either selling them off or closing them off altogether. Uh, so so we perhaps I went to anticipate to see a few more of these projects because we are continuing to go in that in that path uh, in terms of more and more formally canceled projects. But the flip side of it for, for investors as well is that there isn't, you know, there isn't much that they need to do in terms of registering their interest. And this is important. Yeah. Uh, because in the past, you actually had to file the case with the court. And in many cases, you needed a lawyer. There's a lot of documentation, a lot of sort of, and that, and that in itself is kind of a formal process. As per this, um, uh, this council project committee and, and the legal framework, you don't need to do any of that. It's all kind of done for you. You just need to register your interest. And I'll tell you even more, or not even. Uh, and so that's what we've seen right now, because as part of, as I, as I said before, as part of um, uh, the committee deciding to cancel the project and how to divvy things up, they also take records, not only the records that investors send. And that's when you said earlier, how do you register your interest? Okay, some investors who are actively still sort of following the market, they can register their interest. But a lot of investors, uh, they moved away a long time ago and they've stopped following the market. They did not know that the project is being it was canceled. So they haven't even registered their interest. So the committee looks at the data that's being pulled from, uh, one is from the actual investors that are registering their interest, as I described earlier through the Dubai REST, and also from the records that they have with the developer. Because okay. when they cancel the project, they pull all the documents, all the records from the developers, and they look through their uh, books to see, okay, how many units there were, how many investors. And so, uh, and uh, they will actually, in most cases, and we've seen this recently confirmed, in most cases, they actually rely primarily on the developer's records, which is also, uh, I mean, obviously, unle- unless there's a mismatch, then the, then the investor can come forward and say, look, I, I'm just because I'm not. Uh, and the, ro- the roster does not mean I'm not 
you know, a registered investor, but ultimately, so there is, perhaps there is a combination of both, but what we've seen, seen even for a few of our clients who didn't even know that the project was being canceled, but then when this decision came out, their name was on the list. You see, so the okay. name was on the list. It says, okay, so, and this is quite interesting as well. So we've seen, this is, you know, this basically one of the decisions I'm looking at right now. And it's, uh, the decision itself is not very long. And it says government from uh, government of Dubai. And, you know, so it's, it's council project committee decision, judicial decision. And then the decision is basically just kind of describes the project and then just, and, but it's only a few pages. The rest of it. It's basically just a list of the investors. Mm. The list of the investors with their names, the amounts that they paid, the percentage that they paid, uh, so and the unit numbers that they invested in. So this is, you know, from what we can tell, at least as far as this project is concerned, it's really based not on necessarily just the data they received from the investors, but rather uh, from the developers' records. Because right. we have seen, and this applies to a few of our clients, who did not do anything. They didn't even go to register the interest. Uh, but um, uh, but they are on this list. And now as per this list, because it's, it is, it's a court order right it's basically it's a decision so it's enforceable so as per this they can now go to the developer because this this particular decision says okay these are the the investors who invested this is the amount that they invested in and the developer you have to refund this amount uh, to these people so now these investors can go just with the decision alone say here i am on this this line right here this is the amount of money i invested with you so please give it back to me so you don't need to file for example enforcement case which is what we kind of thought maybe that's what you need to do no but it, at least this case here the developer just says you can't come to us your name is here we'll just give you money and we have seen that happen already so this is the positive um development because in the past there was a lot more formal as, as you rightfully asked the question earlier is that you have to file a court case you're going to have to follow that motion you know can yeah. it be appealed can it be challenged and then how do you enforce it how do you actually get your money in okay now the decision says the developer owes you this money but how do you get it you know do you have to go through enforcement and seizing bank accounts and so on and so forth no with this you don't need any of it. You don't need to file an enforcement case. You're literally just on the basis of this one decision that includes list of, you know, in this particular one includes, I think, a list of 720 uh, investors. So you just, if you're on this list, you go to this developer, you show them the, the judgment that they already know. Uh, and, and, and also, interestingly enough, in this particular decision, as part of the uh, committee's uh, findings and conclusions, they said the developer must deposit X amount with the committee, so like a guarantee. So, uh, and that's, that's you know, again, so this is very positive because that means that the developer has to populate uh, the account, basically, more or less, that's, that will be representative of how much uh, they have to pay back to the investors. So, yeah. again, this is another assurance from the committee that, okay, well, that there is money in the coffers. So when you come forward as an investor, there is money to be paid. It's not just just a decision. So there's a lot of positives, in other words, and, um, we, I, and I expect we'll see a few more of these uh, uh, of these soon, and this is why I thought it would be interesting because it's a lot of it is kind of in bits and pieces in terms of trying to understand the cohesively how it works. How do you register your interest? Do you need to register your interest? What services do you use? What portals? What authorities? How long do you wait? How much do you receive? Can you challenge or not? Like there isn't really like a cohesive picture of all of that. So hence this discussion today. No, that brings a lot together. So we have a council project committee. Uh, you can register on the Dubai REST app. It is free to do so. I think it's reasonable to say, I mean, the market has changed a great deal since since it first opened up, what, 20-odd years ago. Investor protection is is far better than it was. 
Absolutely. And this is why uh, the, the cancel projects that we're talking about right now, they really relate to a much, much earlier era, the era that we're talking It's back in the day. Yeah, back in the day yeah. when the market was not so regulated and the legal framework was not as robust as it is today. Yes. So today, I think for the last three to five years, I would say majority of the projects, maybe even eight or you know, eight years, nine years, majority of the projects that have been developed or have been launched in those the last eight or so years, well, there's small chances that they will have to go through so this kind of a canceled um, project committee process because in order for developers to launch those projects back then, they had to, the, the scrutiny is so much higher and the requirements are so much more stringent. So it, it couldn't just be uh, anybody, you want to be a developer and uh, you couldn't just collect money the way people used to collect money. Yeah. And so, and there is also the, as part of the legal framework, for example, the authorities now, the, the Dubai has a number of laws, decrees and uh, regulations requiring, for, for example, the developers to pay for the land ahead of time, to put deposits, and all of these measures uh, have the um, uh, objective and ultimately effect of making sure that whoever it is that becomes a developer actually has financial ability to support the project, at least to an extent. Mm. Uh, one and two, also professional um, experience and legal uh, registrations or legal uh, legal backing to actually be able to to sell these projects or to uh, or to launch these projects and and start collecting money, which was not the case before. That's the thing. So you know, you didn't as a developer. You, I could have been a developer. I look, I've got a picture here. I will sell this. That's all that was required. And and these are real, <laughs> real examples, because uh, I've seen them in my own practice. Uh, so because of that, now it's there's chances that the, the developer will bail out. Uh, or the project will not be viable a uh, much less because the vetting process for anybody to launch a project is so much higher. That's another edition of Logical Cancelled Real Estate Projects in the UAE. As always, thank you for watching, for listening, or both. Thanks to our legal expert, Ludmilla Yamalova, managing partner here at Yamalova and Plethka. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Tom, uh, Tim. You can call me Tom. <laughs> Tim, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Find us at LY Law, social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. You can find uh, all our podcasts at lylawyers.com to get a legal question answered in an episode of Logical or to talk to a qualified UAE experienced legal professional. Click the contact button once again at lylawyers.com.